Welcome to another Gangplank Report. You've heard Adrian and Jen talk about the most recent episode of this hit Bravo series. Now it's time to hear from you, the superfans. It's time for the bonus episode of the Gangplank Report. And here they are, Adrian Gang and Jennifer Bennington. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey gang, welcome to another super fan episode. One of my favorite things about doing these super fan interviews is seeing the diversity and vocation of fans of the show. And one of my Twitter friends that I met before I even started podcasting is one of those people who I think has a very fascinating career. She is a cozy mystery author. She has a series out now. The second book just released, Gone for Gouda, Karina L. Moss. Welcome to Gangplank, Karina. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. We've been talking forever and we never really got to see each other face to face. So (laughs) I know. So this is especially exciting. And as I was seeing you earlier, I thought to myself, well, why didn't we ever just do this just because? I know. (laughs) Thank God you got you had a podcast so we could actually (laughs) we could we could do this all the time. And I don't know why I don't think to do it. But yeah, it's the resource that I've picked up on since podcasting that it's nice to be able to just sit and chat with your friends and get to see their faces. Yeah, absolutely. And especially talk about Bravo TV, which we talk about all the time on Twitter. (laughs) We do. That's how we met. And it wasn't until later that I found out that you were an author and not only just an author, but of my favorite genre. Well, now I know it's my favorite genre. I always said that mystery was. But now that I know what a cozy mystery is, it's my favorite genre, but it already was. I just didn't know the name. (laughs) I love that. I didn't realize that was your favorite. I thought you were just being supportive of me and getting my book. So I appreciate that. But (laughs) you did say that you're a big, yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) But you did say you've read a lot of mysteries. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's my favorite too. So I love writing it. I had every single hardback of Nancy Drew. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, my mom was an Agatha Christie person. And because of her obsession with Agatha Christie, I got into the mystery genre and started with Nancy Drew and went from there. But explain to everybody what a cozy mystery is. I was just going to say, please excuse my ignorance because I'm going to ask. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Unless you're a cozy mystery reader, most people don't know. So it is a type of mystery, but it's the type that is lighter than a mystery. It doesn't have any real gore. I like to call it a nice murder. And so- <laughs> a nice murder. A nice murder. <laughs> 
when my son was younger, he said, Mom, why would you want to write about murder? And I would always say, oh, honey, they're nice murders. They really are. <laughs> no, it's really more about the puzzle and solving them. So the murder happens off camera, as you will. And then even when you come upon it, there's not a lot of description of gore. There's no sex, no swearing. And there's usually a theme. My theme is cheese because the protagonist owns a cheese shop and so they all kind of have that similar thing where each of them has a theme and then they're always light and this is the expectation of people who read cozy mysteries so that's what one is and really yeah it's just about the puzzle and it's also they're always series and so people keep coming back for the characters and the relationships to grow and the little town there's always you know a cute little perfect town perfect except for you know, a lot of murder. <laughs> Perfectly fine, except for the murder rate. Yeah, that's yeah. all. But it's always, you know, somebody who gets murdered, that's another thing. It's always a mean person, not somebody that you're like, oh my gosh. Right. But you just want to solve who did it, but you don't really care that they got axed. You know? <laughs> I was just going to say that. So far, you've had Cheddar Off Dead, mm-hmm. and now Gone for Gouda just came out. Yes. And Willa Bowers, your protagonist, yes. and both of the murder victims, I didn't like them from jump. So. Right, right. That's important because we want people to read them and kind of be able to get away and enjoy it and not feel too much of, you know, oh, you know, right from the get go. So right. you don't want your heart broken from the first no. few pages. Yeah, no, <laughs> not in my book. That's really cute. I looked up your books just because I wanted to have at least a fraction of knowledge about this. And I didn't get too deep into it, but I did see the titles and I thought that they were adorable because I love punny stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. It makes me happy. <laughs> and I mean, my new catering business is a charcuterie based business. Oh so my gosh. Perfect. I thought it was adorable. I thought Perfect. it was very cute. Oh, that's fair. Thank you. Yes, that's another thing. A lot of cozy mysteries you'll see with the punny titles because it's funny that most people who pick up my book as being a new author last year, most people pick up the book either for the cover or the title right off, you know, or that they love cheese. And so you got to keep up it. But that's one thing I think I've heard most from my readers is how they love the title. So yeah, I love that you're going to open a charcuterie business. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's exciting. Mostly because I love cheese. Yeah. We'll have to send you some pictures of some of the things that she's created. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, yes. If you ever need me to do a murder mystery charcuterie board, I'll make you one. I would love that, Adrian. Oh my gosh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, she would do Willa proud. I'm telling you. I bet. I bet. Yeah, we could cross promote. I love that. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So, switching gears a little bit from mystery to below deck, what is it that drew you into the series? Yeah, when did you get started with below deck? Oh, from your season, Adrian. OG. Yay! I've been watching Bravo since Real Housewives of Orange County. And I think back then, especially, I watched, now I can't keep up, but I watched like every Bravo reality show. And so when Below Deck came on, it was just like another. And I like it, especially now, I like it because even with the drama, it's usually a lot lighter than the Housewives have mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. Recently, they've gotten so dark and like you finish the hour and you're like, why did I watch that? Yeah, why you want to shower after. My- <laughs> yes, why did I subject myself to that? 
my son used to come in the room and be like, mom, why do you watch shows where they just yell at each other all the time? I said, I don't know, honey. I don't know why. It's just a habit. So I started kind of going over to the lighter shows. But from the beginning, it was just because I watched every show. And then I loved it because it was different. And so now I watch it just because even when it's a little boring, it's still not as frustrating and mean as the other shows can be. You don't feel like you finished an episode and need to see a therapist? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Do you have a favorite of the franchises or are you just like me diving into all of them? No, it used to be the original Below Deck. Mm -hmm. I liked Kate a lot and I thought she was just very witty. And so I always went back to her. But, you know, they always brought something different because mm -hmm. Kate was different than Hannah and Captain Lee's certainly different than Captain Sandy and so there's things to like about them both and then I haven't watched Down Under because I couldn't watch the first like I don't know three or four episodes I just was busy and so I've recorded all of them and I'm just gonna probably wait until the season ends and then maybe binge if I ever get a chance and then Sailing came on and that now, I remember last season, that was like the only Bravo show that I really looked forward to watching that I knew I was going to have like a smile on my face, usually right. even with the drama. It was so fun, which is amazing, but kind of not amazing because it's always the early seasons that are better for some reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really have a favorite anymore. I guess it just goes season to season. It depends. The original Below Deck also got dark with, I think it was Kate's last season. It was horrible. Right. Mm -hmm. And since they've been trying to find their footing, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. That's where I fell off too. And for the same reasons, I think I've had a shift. I don't know if it's because I've kind of fallen off of their demographic, but the constant dark and drama, mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of. I need a mix. I need some light and fun in there to be entertained by it. So I fell off with them about the same place and I just love Glenn. So Yes. He just makes me happy. I don't know. There's just something about an ordinary Joe who doesn't take himself too seriously. Absolutely. He's definitely my favorite captain and mm -hmm. he's so much fun. And I think also because especially with season two, you had like authentic relationships and friendships with Daisy and Gary and Colin. Right. You could tell that they really authentically liked each other and were close and bonded from the first season and I think that really helps in any show when you actually have friendships I was excited to see Courtney coming on to this one with Z and Z you know being friends with Storm and when Courtney came I thought well okay now maybe this season will start to gel and I like it but I think their problem is that they're hard workers <laughs> and <Yeah>. so <laughs> you know you don't get as much from people who are really good at their job and really hard working at their job you know sometimes you can't get as much you know, but I think that's always important. And with any of the blow decks, mostly it's like there is always that levity, maybe because they're a little younger or maybe because they do have so much going on. They're not just sitting around deciding it's like a housewife show when their next event is where they're going to come at each other. Right. They actually have their feelings are actually there in the moment. And so even when there's drama, there's usually a lot of levity there as well. Yeah. Adrian, is it kind of reflexive to turn to humor to get through it? I mean, that's how I deal with it. You wouldn't know that by watching season one. <laughs> <laughs> I know it by talking to you. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yes, especially when you're working really long hours and it seems like there's not really an end in sight, even though you set these little 
goals for yourself, like get through this charter, get through the next charter, all of those things. I think that the people that I have built the strongest friendships with in my career are the people that have a similar sense of humor to me that see the value in utilizing that when we're in our most stressful moments. And I think that that's just kind of like a blanket life skill that some people possess and some people don't. I think Jason was trying to bring that this season and just failing miserably because he just wasn't reading the room with his humor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is such a conundrum there. I feel like something's left out of that whole Jason thing. Maybe there's not. Maybe there just wasn't anything there with him. But I just felt like, okay, they weren't gelling. He was quiet. And then all of a sudden, his opinions about the others were very aggressive, like very aggressively negative. Right. And I thought, well, that's more than just not getting along, you know. And then even Courtney, it felt like she's usually light and bright. And whenever she talked about him, it was really, and I thought, is this, you know, a job conflict? Or was there more going on that we didn't hear about? Or like sometimes when he would have those off-color jokes at the wrong time. I mean, if they came at the right time, I don't think anybody would have batted an eye. But when he would say things off color and you thought, well, did he do that more often? It made people uncomfortable or, you know, I I don't know what it was. But the whole season, I'm like, what is I'm trying to figure him out. My degree is in psychology, so I can't help it. (laughs) Trying to figure him out the whole season and he's going to leave the boat and I'm still not going to have figured him out. I thought I did. And then this last episode he's talking about his party pony and i'm thinking well okay where is that jason where is the party pony jason then? yeah you know? <laughs> there's a party pony and no party when he's around <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so i don't know and also i was looking them up to see how old they were because some things they say i'm like okay how old are you yeah and if the age is right on the internet he's 37 which makes him quite a bit older mm-hmm. so i can kind of see how he just his bandwidth for any of that nonsense would be shorter right because as a older person myself it gets shorter and shorter over the years and especially when you have younger people being in charge and stuff so I can kind of see that because he was a good worker in the beginning mm-hmm. when he had to be with Reagan that doesn't mean he knew how to do his job unfortunately but I also don't think Storm's style of managing was great for him If Malia was managing him, she had more of a let me teach you how kind of thing where a storm is just like, it's not done. Okay, let me do it kind of way. Right. So I think all of that played into his demise. But he did look a little surprised that everybody took him up on the I'm leaving. Yeah. Was that just me? I don't think it was. I do think that he had reached max capacity and he wasn't willing to adjust anymore. Right. If they were that clearly on different pages then he wasn't willing to adjust. But I do agree with you. I think that maybe he probably said that in a moment where he didn't necessarily mean it and then he had to stick with it. Right. But I do think how we saw him be on the last day he's there is indicative of that some of the onus of it was on him. Yeah, Correct. Because it went on very well. They were very receptive to him in that headspace and everything went smoothly. So it wasn't them being clickish exclusively. It was how he was interacting with them. So I don't like saying that he had no reason to be upset because I feel like it is hard to be excluded, but I also don't like putting it all on them and how they treated him because you can see that they made it work this last day. 
Right. Well, and I think that's also a product of the fact that they knew that there was a finite amount of time on that. So what's the point of being abrasive Mm. or being combative when you're leaving tomorrow? Right. You know, put your head down and do it. Mm -hmm. There's no point in fighting about it is what I'm saying, because it's already over. Right. right. That's a good point. And just like you were saying, Adrian, before, where you set these goals of, okay, just get through the charter. I think that was all their goal. You know, okay, let's just get through this charter. He's here. He's whatever. But it did go to show that it could be done. Like if everybody yeah. kind of strips away the issues, then it is possible. They could have been functional. It just didn't, yes. it didn't land that way, right. unfortunately. Right. And you thought he was surprised? That nobody tried to stop him from leaving? When he went into Captain Sandy, and I think he was going to tell, like, his side of it or say something. And she said, oh, I know you want to leave, so we're going to let you leave. Or she said something like that. And his face just looked a little shocked to me. It looked like, oh. And then she went on to say it. But that was kind of the impression I just got when I saw his face, that he looked kind of surprised that that was the first thing that came out of her mouth. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't see that, but that's because I was half paying attention because I'm so damn bored with this season. That I don't anyway. I'm just way over everybody. Yeah. I'm getting to the point where I'm forcing myself to watch it. One, because I enjoy doing these podcasts with you guys, mm-hmm. but two, because I just want to get through it and feel like I accomplished actually watching it. I've <laughs> considered whether I want to take all of the bamboo skewers out of my kitchen, which is very close to my living room, so that I am not tempted to jam them underneath my fingernails while I'm watching oh, to stay awake. That's oh. funny. Oh my goodness. I'm having a really hard time with this season. I'm not going to lie. Like, I want to like it. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to like this. Yeah. I really enjoyed the last season of Mediterranean mm-hmm. despite some of the characters that we saw right but there's nothing that intrigues me about this the only thing I'm watching for is Dave's food yeah well yeah definitely I don't think they show that even quite enough as other times that they've showed the food I think production also was glad and I wondered if that was why Sandy jumped on him offering to leave I kind of felt like okay yay we could use a new somebody to come in because you're not bringing anything right I wonder if there is like a vibe you can feel on the boat as they're filming if production can see that I would assume since it's their job That they can tell when things are gelling and when they aren't and that they don't have a reason to let somebody go, but they're happy to get a new dynamic in there. Yeah, that's how I kind of felt it was when Sandy said yes and whatever. And I thought everybody must just be happy because, you know, usually if there's a conflict, it brings drama. But for some reason, his conflict brought nothing like he brought nothing and the conflict brought nothing it was just a lot of nothing and so I felt like okay let's push him off the boat and get on with it watching him on the nights out was really painful too it was so uncomfortable and cringy and I'm an introvert so I would be that person but I don't want to see me right right so if we had a below deck Yarrow Glen who would you kill off who is your least likable <laughs> person to start the mystery? If we're doing a mystery themed below deck version, right. who would you kill off that people would be like, okay, I don't mind. From this season? From this cast, from below deck med season seven. Personally, I would have to say Natasha. I love you. <laughs> 
she brings drama so i really i do hope she comes back almost next season although i don't think she's a good chief stew (laughs) yeah but she does bring it but although i don't know if she'd bring anything new and then i'm already i'd be entertained by her coming back if she came back as like the second stew have we ever seen that that would be great somebody getting a demotion Uh right (laughs) right because i feel like she's definitely not good enough to be chief stew i'm not sure how that happened but she doesn't seem it at all and yeah i would be up for that i was just going to say that very thing that I think she should come back but not the Chiefs do but yeah I think I would offer and there would be plenty of, all the guys would be suspects you know right they, <laughs> the, you know we'd have to bring the ex-boyfriend the yeah. in, you know <laughs> And even Natalia. Right. And then who knows what Kyle might, you know, he's pretending to be more friendly with her, I think, than he really might be. Right. But you never know. So I think there's plenty of suspects for her to be off. Okay. We've got three. We've got Cheddar Off Dead. Mm -hmm. We have Gone for Gouda. Curds of Prey comes out in March. Yes. So we can have a Yachty version. <laughs> yes, a Yachty version. I am contracted for three more after these three. So I'm taking notes right now as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she can work at the inn. Yeah. Well, you've already got a lovely receptionist there who's wound her way into the story. So we'd have to have like, make her be like a waitress or an event planner at the inn. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Not quite on water, but we could make it happen. You know what? I am going to actually work her in in one of my books and, I want, and you're going to you're going to be like Karina. I'm going to love it you're going to offer in the first chapter and I'm going to yes. be like yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> the only way to get it out of us right yeah we can gossip about her on Twitter and then I can kill her off <laughs> yeah we don't want any harm to come to her in real life people so don't no I we want only good things for everyone pure yeah. fiction pure yes. fiction right. But if we're writing fan fiction, we could get a little warped. (laughs) Very good. So do you have anything that you're looking forward to coming up with this season? I'm looking forward to seeing who is next. And I really hope that they, you know, are able to bring something. Mm -hmm. I just feel like Adrian does that. They're just not bringing it. I mean, of course, they had that stupid cliffhanger, which is going to end up being 30 seconds when the next episode starts of whatever storm stormed out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then it's probably going to be over or whatever. I would like a little bit more with him and Natalia because I do feel like there could be some something there because they're just both so bad at communication and relationships <laughs> a lot of drama could be had it's a slow train wreck yeah, yeah it really is and so i would like them to have more opportunity for us to see that train wreck but everybody else is kind of meh tash is just i think there was a, this trailer a long time ago so i don't know if this has already happened or they just kind of alluded to this that she was kind of gonna flirt with dave again because of the sex and if she does that i'm gonna go off on her even though you know she doesn't know me (laughs) we'll just talk about her in tweets yeah exactly (laughs) i don't want to see that so yeah you know i'm curious to see who's coming i was kind of hoping it would be somebody we knew but they usually kind of allude to that also if, if it is like they did with courtney well, I can tell you for sure it's not somebody it's we not. know. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So, I, I mean, I hope it's somebody who shakes things up a little, but I'm not quite sure how to shake things. Everything, all the storylines seem very separate this season, and I don't know how one person could come up and shake things up. That's a good point. I hadn't even looked at the season like that, but you're right. They're kind of compartmentalized. 
yeah. where there's usually some overlap and that gets everybody in the crew involved, but it's very exterior interior problems. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Interesting. We'll see. Well, before we go, Adrian, I want to touch base with you real quick. For people who don't know, you have been working with World Central Kitchen since last Friday, preparing and distributing meals to people affected by Hurricane Ian. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing and how it might correlate to Below Deck Med? Yes. I reached out to a couple of chef friends of mine here in Tampa when we thought that the storm was going to come and hit us here. And I just said, you know, once we get to that point, I'm in town. If there's any temp kitchens that are being set up to feed people and help people out that are displaced by the storm, let me know I'm there. And a couple of days later, when the storm actually rolled through and it obviously hit south of us, it was kind of a couple of things that happened that got me to World Central Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I started there Friday with them. And my intention was to go for one day and see how it went. And it was honestly one of the most unbelievable experiences of my life. We were feeding thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And because the roadways weren't available to us, because there was so much damage down there, we were sending food in boxes and helicopters to get it to people. Being able to see something like that come together that quickly and have the logistics worked out was an impressive feat to me. And I had a great time with it. And I am headed back out with them. Actually, I had a day to organize my life because I didn't plan on being there that long or that many hours every day, but not unlike yachting in the hours that you spend, vastly different in the level of gratitude and the people that you're working with. And the team that I was with this week was just unbelievable. We had a ton of volunteers. I wish I could remember everybody on a list to tell you a lot of them are below deck fans. So we talked about it a lot while we were prepping all of our food. And I got some pretty interesting insight from some people that have watched the show over the last 10 years. So yeah, I mean, it was really an awesome thing. And it didn't work out timing wise because of flights. But Chef Dave was supposed to be flying in to Tampa and then they switched to Fort Myers. So he's down there now. That's awesome. And I will see him probably tomorrow for the first time in person. But we chatted yesterday for a minute. It's a really cool organization. It's a lot of fun. And the people that are doing it are not doing it for the money for sure. They're doing it because they really want to help people. And it's a pretty amazing thing to see. So if anybody's interested, I don't usually endorse charities because you never really know where that money is going. But I have been in the kitchen every single day seeing where this money is going. And I promise you it's helping people. So we will put the link in our show notes. WCK.org. And like she said, I will have a link to the show notes. We also want to direct you to KarinaMossAuthor.com. You can see all of Karina's books there. You can order them. You can pre-order Curds of Prey coming out in March of 2023. I have read both Cheddar Off Dead and Gone for Gouda, and I recommend them highly. She stumped me hardcore on Cheddar Off Dead. They are fun books. They are fun escapes. And I love supporting other fans of the show. She's a great person. You can follow her at Karina L. Moss on Twitter. And are you on Instagram too, Karina? 
I sure am without the L, Karina Moss author. Karina Moss author on Instagram. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and out of your book promo schedule. And thank you, Adrian, for popping in here with us before you head down to Fort Myers. We appreciate you all listening. We will catch you next week for the Below Deck Med Season 7, Episode 14 recap. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Thank you. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.